When you've forgotten how it feels to feel the light When you're half crazy thinking you're the only one Who's afraid the night will never really come Just hold on Hold on the Hello folks, welcome to Sunday School Bonanza brought to you by This Week in Mormons. Find us at thisweekinmormons.com, shoot us an email, contact at thisweekinmormons.com, and find us on Facebook and Twitter as well. We are here to it's, bring you... Uh, it's backwards day! I figured it's better to lead off with those things. Oh I have yeah, to no, I like what you did there. Yeah, so anyways, I'm joined by Al, my co-host on This Week in Mormons, our, our, here I am. our other podcast, so we hope the you'll uh, listen to podcast. that. The best podcast. Well, this is nice too. Yeah, and it gets good. the same number of downloads as the other one. So they're equal. And this one actually serves a, a purpose of righteousness. But what we're doing, folks, quick, we're doing Gospel Doctrine Review to get you pumped up, ready to go, ready to take part in the Gospel Doctrine experience. And this week's lesson is Lesson 31. It's called Sealed for Time and for All Eternity. And Son, honest, sealed, delivered, I'm yours. And that. Um, so uh, there's... The lesson is, it is structured, but really it seems like it's basically just a big spitballing session about eternal marriage. That's do really we what need, the lesson Do we need these big spitball sessions about eternal marriage, Jeff? Yes. Yes, we do. Yes. You know why? Because there's unmarried people out there and we've got to fix it. And you are one of them. Here I am. And the attention activity actually says, find a ward member who's been married in the temple and ask that person to take four or five minutes Share a picture from their wedding, you know, just kind of preferably one of the fifty percent that are getting divorced. Now, here's the funny thing: I recently actually went back to a singles ward at the request of my old bishop there to speak in a marriage and family class, the inaugural session of this class, with me and my wife, and sort of discuss celestial marriage and what it means to us as relative newlyweds and stuff. What did it mean to you? Well, I, the main question he, he had is how an eternal perspective sort of cha- might, how it affects you, how it changes the way you do things as opposed to how it would be if you did not have an eternal perspective, which really does sure. go hand in hand with this. Yeah, thing. okay. And I, and I think it's a lot of things. I mean, I think when you're realizing you have a long-term goal of building an eternal foundation with someone, uh, you try to search for that which matters most and build those things. And I think you, I feel like I'm more inclined, hopefully, uh, to be patient, to be understanding, to try to remember that we're on the same team and we are working towards something together. You know, I think marriage can be less adversarial if we, uh, you know, remember you, we're all playing for the same team. You know, that, that's interesting because, uh, you know, the, the idea of working towards, I think a lot of people have the impression that when they get married in the temple, they have the eternal marriage, right? Mm-hmm. They sort of, they sort of assume that they're, I like, and I, I genuinely feel like this is an, the way that people understand it. But like, they're calling an election is made sure they've they've got it. And uh, you phrased it very well or very eloquently, where you said we're working towards an eternal marriage. The the ordinance that we enter into is just a gateway, right? Like the eternal marriage still is to come. The uh, the like everything that goes into that marriage still has to happen. You've got to you've got to work at it. You got to compromise. You got to come to the lord and become one with him all that stuff is still there yeah and it's funny because i remember uh d todd christopherson gave a talk and i think this april 2013 i don't remember the exact words used but he kind of discussed that as well that all too often 
we assume that eternal marriage is this sort of event, that all of a sudden, here we are, we are eternally bound. And we forget that we actually have to build a relationship. And, yeah. and, like, and like you said, the ordinance of eternal marriage is simply sort of the uh, opening the door for you to then go walk the path. That's all it is. It's not guaranteeing anything in that sense. So Elder, uh, Elder Joseph Fielding Smith said, Marriage is understood by Latter-day Saints is a covenant ordained to be everlasting. It is the foundation for eternal exaltation. For without it, there could be no eternal progress in the kingdom of, of God. So, uh, I, mean, I mean, if you think of it, like, especially, particularly that ordinance that we enter into, that's the foundation. That's You're laying the foundation for everything else good in your life. Exactly. And it's amazing. And that's essential to Heavenly Father's plan. Because, I mean, the whole reason we do this isn't just because um, of stodgy, antiquated notions of morality. That's nothing like that. It's the fact that Heavenly Father wants us to be sealed with our immediate partners and fused together throughout generations. And that's really what, what the whole restoration is all about. And actually, in a preceding lesson, we, we discussed this. Because of interesting note, when Moroni visited Joseph Smith, you know, what was one of the scriptures he recited, Al? I'm sure you know this. I'm sorry, I asked that question again. I was reading a quote. Sorry, well, you know, uh, Moroni <laughs> recited, when he visited Joseph Smith, he, he, he repeated the words of a, of a certain Old Testament prophet. Oh, yeah, Malachi. Many times he repeated Malachi. It's interesting because this came before the restoration of the priesthood, the translation of the Book of Mormon, of anything. And I think that really sort of laid out the actual purpose of what was going on here. It wasn't just to bring the true church back to the earth. It was Moroni saying, this is about stitching together generations through the eternities. And then everything else you do is going to be a vehicle to achieve that. So that's why we place so much emphasis on eternal marriage and eternal families in the church, because that, 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 that's it. That's, that's like the zenith yep. right there. Yep. Man. That's what we're going for. I mean, if you go to the temple for yourself or for anybody else, the last thing you can do is ceilings. There's nothing else you can do there after that. So That's the, that's the kicker. That's the kick. We are promised. So, uh, we're promised some really great things. I'm, I'm sure many of you have heard these things if you've been in the temple. But a lot of it also comes from in Doctrine and Covenants section uh, 132. You, know, you can be exalted in the in the uh, the highest degree of the celestial kingdom. You can inherit uh, thrones, kingdoms, principalities. Harley P. Pratt has a great quote where he said, "I had loved before." Speaking about eternal marriage, he said, "I had loved before, but I knew not why." But now I loved with a pureness, an intensity of elevated, exalted feeling, which would lift my soul. I felt that God was my Heavenly Father indeed, that Jesus was my brother, and that the wife of my bosom was an immortal, eternal companion. In short, I could now love with the Spirit and with understanding also. Uh, so going right along with what you said, Jeff, I mean, the promises of an eternal marriage are are such that we, I mean, it, it refines us. Marriage, marriage is one of, uh, like, it's... You know those water filters that they always show where you have like the the very coarse gravel and then the fine sand and then the you know and it like as the water runs through <laughs> it it purifies it all in sure, different sure. ways. Yeah. I feel like I feel like marriage is one of those um sort of purifying layers in in the filter of uh, of our life as we strive to be to draw closer to God. Um it it'll remove impurities from us and uh like force us to sort of reconcile ourselves to God and to this other person that we joined ourselves to. I think it's, I mean, it's a real, when you, when you look at it from a strictly logical standpoint, I think it's, it's a, it's a brilliant process of like, if, if you were God, you should totally make people marry each other because it, uh, like it, it fixes people. Okay. Al, Al, let me ask you this. And I'm honestly asking, this is not, 
this there's no bit of snark accompanying this at all. Yeah. But cuz sometimes we tease like oh I'm married now and you're not. But honestly, how do you strive as a man who I mean, you know, you're 30 or whatever how to It's true. To I'm all remain of those things. to remain faithful and remain optimistic about achieving eternal marriage. You know, as the years go on, it's a huge problem we find in the church where people get burned out, and understandably so. Like, what do you do, what, at least personally, or what advice do you have to anyone who's, who's coping in that sense, who's frustrated that they have yet to actually uh, oh, yeah. achieve come, marriage? Come over, we'll cry together. Listen, we can just uh, curl up the in the fetal position. Yes. Uh, the, <laughs> no, the, the idea, though, is that the... I mean, I look at the doctrine of marriage, and it's a sound doctrine. It's a, it's a correct doctrine. I have a testimony of marriage because I have marriages around me that I've... I've uh, you know, have, have shaped my life. Um, and I mean, there's nothing in me that doubts the, the necessity and the importance of marriage. And so knowing that, I feel like it's very easy for me to keep looking forward to that day, uh, despite, you know, where I may be right now. Okay. I mean, it's, uh, there, there's nothing that's within my control, uh, that I could do differently that, that would fix this. And so I'm, you know, you have to be content with your effort and say, I'm doing the best I can. Yeah. I'm doing my best here. You're doing your best. Um, kind of a last, uh, a final point the, in the lesson. Oh, go ahead. Sure. You more to say? Wait, you, did you not want to talk about how youth should prepare for eternal marriage? How youth should prepare for eternal marriage? You should. We should all make lists of our future companions. What will they be like so that when we're 20, we can all find those perfect Yeah, that's people. the thing. Those only apply when you're 20. I've talked to anyone who's gotten married in their late 20s, and they say, yeah, that list they made me make in young women's. <laughs> it's like a joke by the time you're older. But I you guess, just say, I, all I'm looking for is a guy that's not looking at porn all the time and is. can hold down a job. Lowest common denominator. But in the, I do agree, just as it is good with any gospel study, of course, if you, write, if you write stuff down, you're forcing yourself to think about it and to actually ponder what it is you want and need. And that in well, sense, I, was, I was being facetious. Don't actually make a list. But anyways, but you know, that could be a good thing. It, and of course... It feels, feels for, crazy. No youth are going to listen to this, So, but for parents... Don't let your children date too young. And I will say this. I, the second I turned 16, within like a week, I had a steady girlfriend that I dated for two years. And it's just stupid because I denied myself of just good Did experience. your parents say that was stupid? Did they give you advice and say, you're making a huge mistake? I don't think they said much of anything. But I look, upon, I look on it in hindsight. And it's not, it wasn't bad or anything like that. But it's just, I realized that I denied myself great growth opportunities by being 16 or 17 and just now, Jeff, casually- don't be too hard on yourself. All I did, I, I had like a lot of video games in that era. I mean, there's a lot of video game playing and maybe some football on Saturdays. That kind of stuff happened. Besides that, you didn't miss anything. Yeah, but well, I was in band, so I don't really have a leg to stand on. <laughs> so, it's very- uh, but, 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 but honestly, I think I really believe in that principle now of avoiding any kind of committed, serious relationship until post, you know, mission, once you're an adult, whatever it may be for you. Uh, I think that is important because you stand yeah. to grow a lot That's in your fair. adolescence. Uh, so let's see. Their their last topic here is after a husband and wife are sealed in the temple, they must abide in the covenant to receive the promised blessings. This goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Of uh, you know the the blessings are you have access to them with marriage. You aren't you don't automatically receive them. So still be good. Yeah. Well, not just that. I mean, come on. Don't don't be a putz. I will tell you this. When you get married, it's wonderful. 
Those who have been married, I'm sure, remember the day vividly. Oh, yeah. But, but... I've read about it on the internet. You don't honestly feel different. And I think we build up marriage as if it, we're going to... So, you'll, you'll feel the spirit and everything. But I think we build it up like we're going to feel sort of like a different mantle upon us when we leave the temple hand-in-hand hand with someone <laughs> to whom we're now married. And honestly, you really don't feel much different in that sense. I, re- I remember when I got on my mission after six weeks in the field, my mission president brought me in for a chat, and I sat down, and he said, What do you think? How's your mission? I said, it's really different than what I thought it would be. And he said, how so? Everybody always says that. Well, what's different than you thought? And I said, I don't know. I have no idea, but it's not what I expected. And I feel like, I feel like every milestone I've hit in life, uh, every goal that I've set, and then when you achieve it, you get there, it's never, it's never quite what we had anticipated no. in our mind. And, you know, expect marriage to be like that. Expect, expect to get there and be like, huh, well, it's good. It's not bad, and it, it's just different. No, it's great. But what I'm what I'm trying to say though is that uh, don't go into marriage assuming you're going to have such a uh, a wild experience with the with the wedding itself that uh, that you will not have to perhaps strengthen yourself against the regular temptations of life or anything like that. You know, especially as a man or whatever that may be. You know, be vigilant. You're telling me once you've had sex with a woman. You still have dirty thoughts, Jeff. <laughs> well, it's about your wife, so it's different. But what I'm telling you, <laughs> but what I'm telling you is, especially for men, honor your wife. Don't be a don't be a putz. I mean, por- like pornography, if that's an issue or whatever, sort that stuff out and get over it. But I remember once I saw Elder Bednar speak, and he spoke about his wife. They often speak about their wives, but he said the best thing about her is he just said, "I don't ever want to disappoint her. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to ever have anything in my behavior that would hurt her." Or hurt our marriage in any way. And honestly, if like if if more men, I think, even took that approach, if they genuinely love their wives, and make sure to remind themselves of how much they love their spouse, their wives, and their families, that alone can give someone a lot of resolve to try to set aside whatever other you know natural ailments there are. And uh, but I think it is important. That's why they stress this so much. You know, you you will receive the blessings as long as you abide by your covenants, and that is all encompassing. Absolutely. But you yeah. see enormous blessings from doing that. Strong words from a strong man, everybody. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, don't sin and stuff. But get married. Be excited about it. Don't give up. Be pumped. And read Doctrine and Covenants and, section and one. And if you are married, keep going. You're not there yet, you wieners. Yes, if you are married, my recommendation to you, with all my experience, continue to court your spouse. Yeah, or she'll find somebody else to court. Yeah, have a date night, you know, do things, woo her, bring her flowers for no or reason. Or I will woo her. This is all very directed You've to been men. Warned. Ladies, be affectionate towards your husband. Yeah, we- more cuddling. We want more <laughs> You'd be amazed how much men actually want cuddling, even though I'm a sensitive sort, and so... Yeah, Jeff is more sensitive than his wife, we decided. Right, well, this anyway, is, this, is this is not is the rambling. show. This is not the rambling show. So, folks, but read uh, section 131, 132. Those are your key sections. I don't feel like we gave people any good doctrine to, to ponder this week. Anyway, yeah. Go Marriage study. is eternal. <laughs> Make it so, number one. Uh, so, folks, this is a lesson number 31, sealed for time and for all eternity. Sunday School Bonanza bringing you Gospel Doctrine Review. Al, thanks for being with us. Sure, you bet. All right, folks, and we hope you have a great Sunday, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.